Welcome in episode 97, What's Right with Nick Wright. Subscribe on our YouTube page. You'll get our live shows on Monday and Thursdays. If you hit the little bell on our YouTube page, they'll let you know. We're right over 85,000 subscribers. We're, it's gonna, we're getting there. It's going to be up against the wire to get DeMonte that $1,000 bonus. But we we have, we have still have hope. We need to get to 100,000 subscribers. DeMonte gets a fancy plaque. Also, as we discussed on Thursday's show, uh, DeMonte has a Twitch stream that he's starting up. And is it not started yet? No, definitely starting it up. We okay. didn't get to discuss it because the question got eliminated. Here's the thing. I'm doing a little magic of media because we have not yet that discussed release. it, but we are going to discuss it on Thursday's show, which people will have already See heard first. by the time of the gambling show. So DeMonte got a Twitch stream. Sure. He's, he's playing Call of Duty. We got all that. So a lot of places where you can consume our material. All we ask, because we're out here not only giving out good content, but lately we're out here giving out winners. Now, everybody can't, you know, we, I, I, I didn't share with you guys my same game parlay day of Sunday that, you know, was a nice meaty five figures. We discussed that on Monday's show, but three straight weeks of giving out winners. It's brought our season record to essentially right at 500. We are 24, 25, and one which given how we started the year, we will take. Here's the thing. The right move is bad. Don't worry. Don't don't overvalue our right move pick. <laughs> Just look at it as a totality of five picks. So last week, let's go through it quickly here. We'll go through the winners and then the losers. Tennessee minus two and a half. The Broncos are a disaster. Yep. Somebody tweeted and they're correct. The 18 points? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that if they had scored 18 points, in every game this year, which would be a bottom five offense, they would be eight and one. And did you see what Russell Wilson did? Russell Wilson wore the wristband to his press conference. Yeah. That this guy. I don't really have enough room to be playing games right it's now. It's unbelievable. Okay. Denver will be featured in one way or another in our picks this week. The Chargers plus seven against San Francisco was a winner. That was clearly the right side. And almost got screwed at the end of the game. Kyle Shanahan should have tried to punch it in to go up 10 at the very end. Instead, he kicked a cowardly field goal. But we appreciate it from a gambling perspective. Washington plus 11, obviously the right side. They won outright. Chicago minus two and a half against Detroit. I also think that was the right side. They ended up losing by one. However, they were up 14 and picked off Jared Goff, returned it inside the 10, and a very questionable, very questionable uh, defensive pass interference or illegal contact call. Got that call, called back. Detroit then scored. Justin Fields then made a terrible mistake. He's been excellent, but he made a bad mistake. Pick six. Flipped the game. Even despite all of that, Justin Fields then went down the field. Not even down the field. One play. 60-yard touchdown run. But they missed the extra point. So then a Detroit touchdown wins it for him. So I don't feel bad about that. And then there's Vegas minus six against Indy, which we discussed on Monday. We don't need to discuss much more here. I would never have made that pick with Matt Ryan starting. I would never have laid six points with the terrible Raiders against a competent. Now, Ryan has had some awful moments, but when he's not turning the ball over, he's still obviously more than competent. The Colts said they were going with Ellinger. The, the coach they fired never wanted to start Ellinger. Seemed like they were going with Ellinger. And then they made, did the old switcheroo. 
It counts against my record, but I feel it was dishonest. I feel it was unfair. I feel the money should be refunded. But I can't really complain about gambling this week because, again, the 40 to 1 same game parlay. Okay. Five picks this week. This is how it works each and every week. We break the games down into four separate categories. Our picks, our stayaways, our be carefuls, and our perfectly priced. Also, I should note, we are doing this before Thursday night football, so we no longer include Thursday night football. You guys will have already known if I'm right or wrong on this. I like the Titans plus three tonight. I think the Titans plus three and the Titans to win outright, but we're not including that in our picks because it's not interesting. It's not actionable for you guys because we did it early in the year and I realized it's dumb to give analysis on a game that you guys will have already seen. So now, our picks. First one, we are going back to the well with Chicago. Chicago getting three in Atlanta. So Chicago with Justin Fields could have won each of the last few weeks. And let's talk about how they lost. I understand they lost. I understand right now they are, they have the worst record given tiebreakers in the NFC. And their defense has been abysmal. Those are all things I know. Those are all reasons not to go with them. I get that part of it. However, what we have seen from Chicago. So they crushed New England in Justin Fields' breakout game. Right. They then get crushed by Dallas, but scored 29 points. So I shouldn't say you could have won each of the last three weeks. Against Miami, they are back and forth with Miami. Justin Fields has 300 yards combined, 180 on the ground. And that game, at the they are, it, it's a three-point game the entirety of the fourth quarter. They're just unable to get over the hump. Then they play Detroit. I just broke that game down. Atlanta, on the other hand, is going in the other direction. Atlanta, in its last month of football, got crushed by the Bengals, escaped against Carolina, got beat by the Chargers, and then got crushed by Carolina. Getting crushed by Carolina the way they did last week is, to me, when P.J. Walker threw for 100 yards and you lost by 10 points, a massive warning sign. You add to that, that Atlanta has not, ever since Corderell Patterson got hurt, even though he's back, they have not been the same dominant rushing team they were at the beginning of the year. As Chicago's big weakness is defense, particularly their pass defense. I do not think Atlanta's going to be able to take advantage of that. I like getting the three points. I, I think Chicago could win outright. We like Chicago and Justin Fields finally getting over the hump and getting a win after the last couple of weeks, they played well enough to win. What's up? Do you, do you think it's possible you're overrating them with how fun they are to watch? I mean, they've lost the six of their last seven games. Well, I don't think I'm overrating. If they were playing a good team, maybe. I don't think, I mean, Atlanta's four and six with some very good luck early in the year. Chicago's three and seven with some tough luck last week. You add to it early in the year, they were a totally different team. I think Chicago is a better team than Atlanta, so they should not be getting a full three points in Atlanta. I like Chicago plus the three. Next, this is a little spoiler. This is the only favorite we're going with this week. The Giants minus three against Detroit. So Detroit's defense is abysmal. Right. The Giants are just going to run the football. I will give the Giants credit in this regard. They have been great at protecting the ball. Detroit, I feel like, is going to struggle to score on the road in cold weather here in New York. 
if they, unless they get turnovers. And the big bugaboo for Daniel Jones' whole career had been turnovers. And I get, listen, Brian Dayball leaves Josh Allen. He all of a sudden leads the league in turnovers. Goes to Daniel Jones, most turnover-prone quarterback in the league since he came into it. All of a sudden, he stops turning the ball over. Dayball deserves credit there. The Giants also, while we don't, and the, the collective does not believe in them as much is as their record suggests, I'm sure they believe in themselves. And that Philly loss, plus the Dallas loss last week, should be galvanizing for them. They should feel like, wait, why can't we win the division? Why can't we, with a Minnesota stumble, be the one seed? Now, I don't think that's realistic at all, but they know in order for any of that to come into play, they have to take care of business in a game like this against a Detroit team that is awful. Detroit's fun and hard knocks and people like Dan Campbell, but their offense seems to only work at home. Their defense has been bad all year, and the Giants recognize that what they have, they have four consecutive divisional games coming up. Those are all going to be incredibly difficult, even though two of them are against Washington. And they know the, the Giants haven't played. Is that right? Yeah, they've only played one divisional game all year. The Giants are 8-2, and two, and the rest of the way have Detroit this week, then Dallas on Thanksgiving, then Washington, Philly, Washington, Minnesota, Indy, Philly. So that is a brutal rest of the schedule in this regard. Divisional games are always tough. Your non-divisional games are only Minnesota, Indy, and Philly. So Indy's the only one where you'll be a favorite. Right. So they have to win this game. This, to me, feels like a 20-13 to 13 Giants win. Good Giants defense. Fast game, a lot of running. We like the Giants laying the three. Next. All right. This one was painful for me. I'm going to tell you right now, I had this game in a different category, and I had San Francisco, Arizona in our picks. And then, bad job by me, when I initially did the picks, I forgot San Francisco, Arizona is in another country. It's in Mexico. It's not in Arizona. I was going to lay, I was going to grab the eight points with Arizona, even with the uncertainty at quarterback. Then I realized it's not even a home game for them. And I took them out of it. Too much uncertainty. Damn near a home game. Mexico. Yeah, but I think San Francisco have more fans. I think it's, oh, those are both pretty close. Yeah, and, and it's also San Francisco is more of an international brand. But well, this is a game between two of the worst teams in football. And the Rams right now, with Cooper Cup probably being done for the year, likely have the worst offense in the league. Despite that, I am going to go ahead and grab the four and a half points. Rams plus four and a half against the Saints. This is not about the Rams still being alive. This is not. A, I, the Rams are going to have the worst defense of a Super Bowl in NFL history. Yeah. Okay. The offense stinks. The offense. I mean, all year long, here are their points scored. Okay. 10. 31 against Atlanta, 20, 9, 10, 24 against Carolina, 14, 13, 17. So all of that sounds like a reason that I shouldn't be picking them. The flip side to that coin is the Saints are just as bad. 
The Saints are starting Andy Dalton. The one thing the Rams can still do is employ Aaron Donald. The Saints also, while I don't love McVay as much as everyone does, he is clearly a good coach. Dennis Allen, I've been pounding this drum all year, is the worst, one of the worst coaches from a record perspective in the history of the NFL. And the Saints the last five weeks, the only reason they're not 0-5 is because of that game they crushed the Raiders, which was the last breath of the Raiders. They got the, the Saints last week got beat by 10 by Pittsburgh. They should not be favored by more than two points, even at home, against anyone. Getting a full four and a half in this game that very likely is a 17-13 game in either direction. I got to grab the points. I don't like it. I don't want to watch this game. I don't want to care about this game. But it is too many points for an Andy Dalton-Dennis Allen quarterback-coach combo. What's so we're up? taking Tyler Higbee and the Rams. Okay, the Rams don't have an offense right now. I understand that. And, I mean, they might shut Stafford down for the year. I get all of that. It's too many points. It's flatly, this should be New Orleans minus one or a pick em. New Orleans and both of these teams, by the way, here's the other weird thing. Usually when teams are this bad, you worry, oh, will, you know, will the coach, the GM have talked to the coach like, hey, we wouldn't mind losing this game to yeah. our draft position. You know, two teams playing each other and competing with this team for draft position. Neither of these teams have their own first-round pick. The Saints, it goes to Philly. Philly is going to get the Saints' first-round pick. Could be the fourth pick of the draft. For the Rams, it obviously goes to Detroit. Very weird thing in this year's draft. Four of the ten worst records don't have their own first-round pick. The Browns, it goes to Houston. The Rams, it goes to Detroit. New Orleans, it goes to Philly. And Denver, obviously, it goes to Seattle. So four of the worst teams in the league don't have their own first-round pick. And that also means Detroit and Houston are going to end up likely with two top 10 picks, their own plus the one they got they got coming back. All right, next. More management. Raiders plus three at Denver. I understand the Raiders stink. I get it. Why why should Denver be treated like they're anything other than arguably the worst team in the league outside of Houston? What's the argument for it? They just oh. lost another receiver. Jerry Judy, unfortunately, got hurt. Now, it doesn't look like that is quite as devastating of an injury as it looked like in real time. The Raiders, meanwhile, I... I know I sound dumb on this, and obviously Josh McDaniels has not done a good job. I don't think the Raiders are terrible. They're obviously not good, but I don't think they're terrible. And it seemed like Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, they both came out this week and said they were happy that Josh McDaniels got the vote of confidence. Now, the reason Josh McDaniels got that vote of confidence is because the Raiders are broke and they're paying. NFL coaches' salaries, Demonze, are guaranteed. So they're trying not to pay Gruden because they fired him for a cause because of the racist emails. Right. But if you fire a coach, you got to pay him out. So they're already, you know, they might have to pay out Gruden. If they fire McDaniels, who they just hired, they have to pay him out for five years and then hire another coach. You'd be paying three coaches. The Raiders, I don't think have the cash to do it. 
So that's the reason McDaniels is staying. But I think Carr and Devontae are happy he's staying. And this is more about fading the Denver Broncos, a Denver Broncos team that has won three games this year. One was against Houston. One was the one-point win against San Francisco. And the other, the devastating four-point victory against the Prince that was promised in Europe. The okay. they, Them laying three points is flatly too many. They're coming off their offense since the, the, the last Raider game, by the way, the Raiders won. 20 or 32 to 23. Now that was the one game the Broncos actually scored. Other than that Raiders game, the Broncos have scored 16, 16, 11, 9, 16, 9, 17, or I'm sorry, 21 and 10. So Russell Wilson and the Broncos do not deserve to be favored by a full three points. I'll grab the three. Derek Carr might be less profitable, less profitable than Trevor Lawrence. Okay. And the Raiders just lost to a get up analyst. Yeah, so I understand all of that. This is about me having made a mistake. Earlier in the year, I said that Nat Hackett was a must-bet against until proven otherwise. And I lost my medal on it after they that stupid Broncos game. Or I'm sorry, the stupid Niners game when Jimmy G ran out the back of the yeah. end zone. Since then, the Broncos... We're playing. Let's just go through what they would have been against the spread. We can do it quickly. The Broncos were getting two and a half against the Raiders. They lost by nine. So they're, they lost that game against the spread. The Broncos were laying three and a half against the Colts. They lost outright. The Broncos, my guess is against the Chargers, they covered. Uh, the Broncos were getting four and a half against the Chargers. They lost by three. The Broncos against the Jets were uh, getting two and a half. They lost by seven. They obviously covered against Jacksonville. And the Broncos against the Titans last week were getting two and a half. They lost by seven. Okay. We should have kept fading them. We didn't. It's frustrating. I'm fading them this week. I'm going to give you one more chance to back out of this. Devontae Adams was limited in practice yesterday. Yeah, he's going to play. I'm not worried. The limited on a Wednesday doesn't concern me. Okay. Did not practice on a Wednesday is a first sign of concern. Limited on a Friday can be concerning. I believe Devontae is going to play. I'm the and again we're doing this on a Thursday, so we don't know the Thursday injury report. I'm fading the Broncos. This is a, this is, you know what? I think this is a strong Raiders victory, twenty four to ten. The Raiders win. The Broncos look terrible. There it is. Yeah. Last pick. You guys taught me something last week. I got to give you guys credit. Last week, you guys said, oh, man, don't you know that Mike Tomlin is 83% against the spread as a home underdog? And I said, I didn't know that. And then the <laughs> Steelers went out and won outright. Right. Well, what is he, Demonze, against the spread as a home underdog in division games? Uh, Tomlin is undefeated against the spread at home. Uh, it, as, as, a, a as a home under, as a home dog against the AFC North in seven games. Five, five oh, and two. All right, so we're getting four points against Cincinnati. This is a three-point game. It was four and a half. It moved to four. I liked it more at four and a half. This feels like maybe it's a push. But I, you guys, I am not above learning from you and the producers. I didn't know <laughs> that last week. I now do. Also, we saw this game played in week one. Now, it was an outlier game. I understand that. 
because there were five turnovers, miss, miss kicks by Cincinnati, all of that, since, and Pittsburgh won in overtime. But what it was not an outlier was this. T.J. Watt wrecked the Bengals. And what we have seen from the Bengals this year is, while they have a lot of really good things going for them, they cannot deal with a singularly dominant pass rusher, right? They have four losses this year. Three of them came to T.J. Watt, Micah Parsons, and Miles Garrett. We saw Miles Garrett wreck them two weeks ago on Monday Night Football last week. Now, I understand they're coming off a bye. I get that. Pittsburgh, it's too many points. So we've got four underdogs this week. Our four picks this week. Chicago, plus three at Atlanta. The Giants, minus three at Detroit. The Rams, plus four and a half against New Orleans in New Orleans. Vegas, plus three at Denver. And Pittsburgh, plus four against Cincinnati. Now, the other, how many more games are we doing? The other eight games of the weekend. Stayaways, be carefuls, and perfectly priced. We do that next. What's right, episode 97. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer. With over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros, Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back. And their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. All right, welcome back in. What's right, Nick Wright? Episode 97, our gambling show. We just gave you our five picks of the week. There are now eight other games we have to break down into di three different categories. Our stayaways, our be carefuls, and our perfectly priced. All right, first stay, well, the three stayaways are Cleveland at Buffalo, Dallas at Minnesota, and San Francisco at Arizona. We'll go through each of these, why they we consider them stayaways. Cleveland at Buffalo, this is the type of game that Buffalo, I was ready to lay the points with Buffalo. They've lost back-to-back -back games. They need the win. Cleveland isn't good. Buffalo is with the best front-running team in the league. But nobody better at turning a 17-point lead into a 30-point lead than the Bills. This is the type of game where everyone's like, oh, my God, Josh Allen's quarterback won. Here's the problem. Have you seen, Demonze, the forecast for Buffalo this weekend? Yeah, it's going to be a snowstorm, huh? They called it like a snow thunders, like a snow thunderstorm. They think they might get six feet of snow. They're not even certain that if the game can be played in Buffalo. Right. Now, usually they deal with it. So, in neutral weather, I'd lay the points. In a snow thunderdome, you want, if you're getting more than a touchdown, you want the dog because you just feel like there's going to be a lot of upheaval. Low scoring, 
Also, if the conditions are that you can't throw, it actually favors Cleveland. Right. Because they want to run the ball. Buffalo wants to throw the ball. Right. It is the wet. Now, maybe Sunday morning, this is bettable. Right now, for me, for my purposes, on Thursday, you got to stay away from it. The weather is too big of an X factor. Next one, Dallas at Minnesota is a stay away in this regard. I was, I like Minnesota in this spot. Okay. I like the, I almost, this is kind of a stay away slash be careful. I probably should have put it in the be careful category, but I'll analyze it the same. I like Minnesota in this spot. I think Minnesota being the dog at home against Dallas is downright disrespectful, even though I don't trust Minnesota as much as their record demands they, that I should trust them. This line is so fishy, and it feels like they are daring you to pick the Vikings. The Cowboys coming off a terrible loss. Dak hasn't looked good. Minnesota's coming off a great win, and that, to me, is the equalizer in this. Dallas coming off a bad loss, feeling awful. Minnesota coming off one of the best regular season wins anyone's ever had. The other concern is, if you're going with the Vikings, are teams going to start giving Justin Jefferson, like the old Randy Moss treatment right. of we're just going to double you the whole game and see and dare you dare you guys to beat us with anyone else. So I'm staying away from it. What's up? Imagine what this point spread would have been had Buffalo not fumbled in the end zone. I think it's like Dallas minus three point five, three and a half. I, you know, I don't know how much the Vikings went in a weird way. I do. I wonder if it goes the other way. I wonder if the Vikings winning actually made them bigger underdogs because people are concerned about the letdown spot, that they are going to be a little, you know, I, so I'm not sure. But that game was so wild that, and the Dallas game also, now here's what I don't like for Dallas on the Dallas side of things. I don't like five quarter games. I don't like teams that the previous week played a, not only overtime, but deep into overtime. I feel like that takes a real toll, but I'm staying away from it. And the last one I'm staying away is San Francisco against Arizona. I, we don't know who's playing quarterback for Arizona. I don't actually care about that. Arizona's getting eight, by the way. I think Colt McCoy's fine. And I think the team dislikes Kyler. However, this might be the first game Arizona has all of its weapons because Nuke was suspended. They traded for Hollywood Brown and they traded for Robbie Anderson. They all three might be on the field this week. It's a possibility Hollywood Brown plays. The Mexico City part is a complicating factor. The lack of knowledge about who's playing quarterback for Arizona is a complicating factor. And whether or not San Francisco is just going to be able to run the ball down Arizona's throat. My lean here was Arizona. Because of the uncertainty at quarterback, I'm staying away from it. Shanahan's the third worst coach as a favorite since he became a coach. If Kyler Murray's playing, do you, are you taking Arizona? Again, I don't... The, it, at eight, if the line were to, if they were announced Kyler the starter and the line were to stay here, yes, I think they have baked. I think the line probably drops to six if Kyler is playing. Okay. I listen. I think San Francisco is a great team. I really do. But the they you're right about that. They don't cover a lot because they don't blow people out right. because of their style of play. I'm staying away from it. Now to the be carefuls. All right. Philly at Indy, Washington at Houston. Kansas City at the Chargers. Be careful on Philly at Indy for this regard. There are two universes that exist. One is 
that Indy can't protect Matt Ryan, that Philly's furious about the game they gave away against Washington, that that Philly D-line forces three fumbles on Matt Ryan. He, you know, self-sacks a number of times. Jeff Saturday gets de-pantsed, as we thought he would last week, and Philly beats him 31-3. to That universe exists. It also exists that on Monday morning on TV, there are two parallel discussions going on. One is, how many people owe Jeff Saturday an apology? He's got the Colts fighting a hard-fought, shocking win against Philly. And the other one being, wow, is you know Philly from 8-0 to second place in the division, right? Those, the, I, I think Vegas is daring you to bet Philly because Indy isn't a good team. However, Indy with Matt Ryan playing has been a competent team. And seven points is a lot to lay uh, on the road. Uh, I would be careful in that spot. Just like I would be careful with Washington at Houston. Washington coming off a great win. Houston looks like the worst team in the league. You're only laying a field goal. I feel like this is a game that is going to be one of the most popular picks. You're going to have 75% of the public betting on Washington. Washington won that game despite the fact that they still don't have solid quarterback play and their running attack is averaging less than four yards per carry. That is, Houston is going to win at least two more games this year. This could be one of them. I say be careful. I'm not willing to bet on Houston. They've been so poorly coached. They've been so bad. I'm not I'm not willing to bet on them, but I think you got to be careful. What's up? I get fading Washington, but Houston is like one of the worst teams in the league right now. And Chase Young might be back. Is this kind of disrespectful, disrespectful to the commanders? I don't think, it, listen, I don't think the commanders have earned respect. The commanders are fine. They, they're a fighting win. team, man. They, listen, it's, it, it, yeah, I, that's fine. They, they're fine. I, the, I'm I, not laying. I'm not laying points on the road with Washington right now. Even against Houston, I'm certainly not laying a full field goal. And the last, be careful, is Kansas City and the Chargers. Listen, the Chargers give the Chiefs hell. They lose to the Chiefs, but those games are close. If you want to bet Chiefs Chargers. Wait until the Chargers take a lead and live bet the Chiefs on the money line. Don't bet them now. So I just feel like at minus five and a half, they're daring you to bet the Chiefs because you're not even laying the full touchdown, not even laying the full six. Be careful in this spot. If you want to bet the Chiefs, wait until the game gets going. The Chiefs fall down. and Because here's the other thing. The Chargers are totally desperate in this spot. If the Chiefs win this game, the division race is over. It's not mathematically over, but the the Chiefs went the the, they, the Chiefs would be eight and two. The Chargers would be five and five, and the Chiefs would have swept them. Okay. So that would mean that the Chargers to win the division, even if they went ran the table after this game, the Chiefs would have to go. 11 and 6, which would mean the Chiefs would have to go 2 and 4 the rest of the way. This would this is a a division championship game for the Chiefs. So the Chargers, it's a kitchen sink game for them. They're going to be desperate. I think they'll come out strong. I I'm not laying the five and a half with Kansas City. All right. Perfectly priced. Carolina at Baltimore. Baker's starting. Uh 
This is a tough spot for my guy, Demonte. Yeah. It's a tough spot for my guy. I expect Baltimore to look really good. And I expect Baltimore to win by about two touchdowns. I like the price on it. And Jets at the Patriots. Uh, the line strikes you initially disrespectful to the Jets. Then you realize the Patriots have beaten the Jets 14 consecutive games, tied for the longest streak of any team over another team in the league with the Chiefs over the Broncos. It's the, the line's just right. It should at Patriots minus if it was minus three, you'd like the Patriots. At, at minus four, you might like the Jets. Three and a half. This feels like a 17-14, 17-13 type of game. I, so I to me, the line's just right. There's no value there. All right. I've got a teaser for you this week. I, I've been knocked out of my survivor pool. We'll discuss the heartbreak of that. 80 people left, half a million to the winner. And I got knocked out by the damn Eagles Washington game. All that. We'll see what else we've got as we wrap the show and we'll recap our picks and give you the right move, which has not been the right move, but we'll give it to you anyway. That's all next. What's right? Warmer, sunnier days are approaching, so fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factor will help you meet your wellness goals just in time for summer, thanks to a vast menu of chef-crafted, never-frozen meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. These fresh meals are ready to eat in just two minutes, so no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Variety? They have that. Factor has 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. Working on wellness goals? Factor has you covered with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. How do they taste? They're delicious. From breakfast to dessert, stay fueled with easy, nutritious, and delicious options. What about quality? Each Factor meal is restaurant quality with premium ingredients like filet mignon, blackened salmon, and shrimp. So start spending less time in the kitchen now because you don't have to shop, prep, cook, or clean up. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, welcome back in final segment. What's right with Nick Wright, our week 11 gambling show. Our five picks this week, Chicago plus three at Atlanta, the Giants minus three at home against Detroit, the Rams plus four and a half at New Orleans, the Raiders plus three at Denver, and Pittsburgh plus four against Cincinnati. Now time for the right move. Now listen, we have been clawing our way back to 500. We're 24, 25, and one. We have had four straight winning weeks, I believe, and I really like our picks this week, and I like our process all year long, if I'm being totally honest. And we're going to finish the year. Our goal was to finish the year at 58%. I think we can still do it. That would be highly profitable but we need to keep churning out three and two weeks with a few four and one weeks. With that said, the right move is three and seven. So we're going to need to get a bunch of these right moving forward. I am going to have the right move this week be the one favorite that we're picking. The Giants 
minus three against Detroit. That is our right move of the week. We also have an exotic for you this week, one I have already placed. This is a three-team, six-point teaser at plus 160. We are teasing the Chiefs down to a pick them from minus five and a half, six, six and a half, doesn't matter at all, becomes a pick them essentially. We are teasing the Raiders up to plus eight and a half or nine, depending on where you get them. If they're two and a half or three right now, you're teasing them up uh, through the three, the four, the six, and the seven, and the eight. And we are teasing the Niners down to minus two to where they just have to win by a field goal. So the Niners, Chiefs, and Raiders on a three-team teaser, the Chiefs just to win, the Niners to win by at least a field goal, and the Raiders to getting you know plus eight and a half or nine. Those are our three picks. Demonze is in a bit of a gambling slump. He does not have picks to give this week. Am I correct? No. He's take you know what? He's taking a week off to regroup or at least a few days off until Sunday morning rolls around and he shows me the teasers. What's up? This is my second week. That's what I'm saying. A couple weeks off. It's exactly what I said. He's taking a couple weeks off to regroup. He had the big win. A few about a, three weeks ago, and then two weeks ago, he got crushed by the Bills losing outright to the Jets. So now he's taking a few weeks off. But you do have an offer for me. Yep. So what is the offer? Call this one the four playoff teams. NFC East parlay. Can all four of these teams wait? Can all four of these teams win this week? Mm-hmm. New York Giants minus three versus Detroit. Philadelphia Eagles minus seven versus Indy. Dallas Cowboys minus one and a half and Minneapolis. Washington Commanders minus three at Houston. Odds are plus 1,200. So How do you like that? Four team, a four team all against the spread parlay. They're all favorites. It sounds like about the squarest bet I've ever heard. I do not like it. Okay. I got to tell you right now, I don't like that at all. Square meaning lame? No, so sharps and squares. So sharps in gambling parlance, sharps is what I aspire to be, someone that is a sharp better. Square is the public side. Square is what so our like pro- a triangle. I'd be like a triangle right now. What's that? Like, like in com- between. No, you're you're a square. Square. You're a square better. You're a square. No, man. The square betters win sometimes, but by definition, the fact that you're firing off seven and eighteen parlays. The the you are by definition a square better. Doesn't mean you can't have a winning season. So far, you're having no, a winning I've season. I've placed three of those uh, first shot to hit bets. Mm-hmm. All right, five. Uh huh. I've hit three of them. Okay. I think by definition, that makes me a triangular better. By definition, the fact that you are betting first player to make a basket in NBA games. Those bets exist for square betters. Hey, man. Listen, that's, I like what you... You know what, though? You might have created something there, though. The triangle better. Yep. The, the, sometimes a sharp, sometimes a square. So I'm calling myself... Would you be isosceles, scaling, or equilateral? Isosceles, man. Somebody is going to eat that up. That's so funny. There's somebody that actually calls me isosceles. Really? Yeah, because of my mustache. But Because they say your mustache is so, like an isosceles yeah. triangle? Um, but that's yeah. all right. I call you Gus. 
So no, it's you, fine. You, don't let him lie to you guys. <laughs> no, I, you. <laughs> that was from book club last week. <laughs> I said, I'm going to start calling you Gus. Been walking around the house saying, Gus, yeah. come here. <laughs> he doesn't respond. I'm like, don't you know I'm talking to you? Good luck with your gambling this week. We'll see you guys on Monday.